Hello, and welcome to Compass Church. If you have any questions about this message or are interested in learning more, please contact us. We'd love the opportunity to connect. Now, enjoy today's message. We are indeed celebrating. We're celebrating one of the, the, the most important event in all of history. And it is the event that, that can change the course of every individual's life. And so this is a day of celebration. And as I was thinking about it, I was wondering if I was wondering, maybe I had questions about the Christian faith. I didn't know so much about the death and resurrection of Jesus. It might just seem like an event, maybe a a story, something like that. You know, we've We've had big stories. There have been big events that have happened in life, in our lives, that we benefit from. Uh, I certainly, uh, I think of uh, uh, one of the things I was interested in was uh, reading a, uh, a biography on George Washington, uh, founder of our country, and, and just the battles that he went through in 1776 and and uh, after the, the, the victory in Boston, every battle they had after that seemed that they were losing. They were running, they were disorganized, they were, uh, didn't have a direction. It was like being in a 10-round in a fight, and at the 8th round, you've lost almost every round ever since the first one. And then in Yorktown, all of a the sudden, they landed a knockout blow. Now, that was a dramatic turn of events. It was an incredible thing. It's something that people celebrate in our country. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, why do we celebrate it? We celebrate it because of the context it provides to our lives. As Americans, we have our own country. We receive the benefits of uh, self-governance and we've been prosperous in this land and all of the freedoms we enjoy come from that experience, that victory, that, that battle. And as I was thinking about other experiences, incredible things that have happened, like uh, uh, you remember when the Airbus took off from LaGuardia Airport and hit that a flock of Canadian geese and it hit the two engines and uh, Sullenberg, Captain Sullenberg, both engines went out of the plane and he had to do something immediately, drastically. And he landed the plane in the Hudson River. And And after they investigated and everything, they said it was the right course of action. It was the only course of action. It saved 155 lives. Without that action, it They'd have, been, they'd have perished, and who knows who else, because it was in a very crowded area of the city. That's an amazing event, and it saved a number of people. And we recognize it, and we remember it because of the importance of what it accomplished. And one of the reasons when we look to Jesus, and we celebrate the resurrection, And we celebrate it in mass all over the world. Christians gather. It's not just because it was an incredible incredible event, which is what it was. 
But we must understand the importance, the significance, the context of that event. Like if George Washington would have won at Yorktown, and it, was called, it wasn't the, the actual knockout punch. It was a great victory, but we ended up losing the war. We wouldn't be celebrating Yorktown. We wouldn't be remembering because it's the context of the war. It's the context of the battle that brings the significance to the victory. And so when we look at who Jesus is, we must understand that Jesus is entering into a large context of life. God the Creator made us as human beings, as His creation. He put us into the Garden of Eden, a place of peace, safety, and privilege, and relationship, and rulership. We were to procreate and we were to rule the Garden. We were to rule under the authority of God. But we went our own way. We decided we could do it ourselves. We rejected the rule and direction of God and charted our own course. And then God saw that death entered into the world. Brokenness entered into the world. We were on a collision course with God because we were rebellious, disobedient, and ignoring Him and rejecting Him. But he loved us. And he cared about us. And he continued to reach out and work towards bringing a people to himself, restoring this broken creation of his. And Jesus steps into that picture. Jesus was conscious of his role in fulfilling the Old Testament and all of the prophecies and, and fulfilling God's desire to bring about a king, a ruler, a servant, a lamb of God who would take on the brokenness of the world take that brokenness upon himself he would suffer the pain and injustice the death of this world but conquer and what makes the context of the resurrection of Jesus so important so incredible is that it impacts the whole human race it is the only way of salvation. It is the only way of peace. And as we think about that, I think about what Jesus said. Now, he showed up nine times after his crucifixion in various settings. And when he showed up in some of those settings, he spoke some words. And I want us to look at the words in Luke chapter 24. Verse 36 through 42. I'm going to read this for you. Starting at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, and this is while they, they had heard, some had experienced, some had encountered Jesus. Like, after he's dead, how, how is that possible? What, what is going on? And as they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them, stood among the disciples, and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. 
It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, and believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to, anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of bro, uh, broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. What we have here is Jesus coming to his disciples with the amazing news that the culmination and the vindication of God's plan of salvation is dawning on them. And I want us to go back and and think about, in verse 36, he says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now, I want us to pause on that, peace be with you. Peace here is, uh, in its uh, original Greek form, it translates the Hebrew form, shalom, which is peace. It is tranquility, it is beauty, it is the removal of adversaries and war and danger. It is blessing, it is beauty, it is life. And it is life as God had intended it. It is life that we can live in the experience, the presence of God in the role that God calls us into. Now, Jesus, when he said these words, he knew that this had more meaning and more significance than anyone had ever been able to say before because of where he stood in the context of God's unfolding plan of salvation, being the one who was called to come and fulfill God's plan to remedy the issue of sin and rebellion, to bring restoration to his people, To give a hope and a purpose to all who would believe. And Jesus said, peace be unto you. There's a couple things I'd like us to think about. Consider when he said, peace be unto you. He immediately talks about them being fearful as if he was a ghost. And in the Old Testament, we have experiences even in the New Testament when the angel showed up to announce that Jesus was coming or when Gabriel showed up to give a message in the Old Testament. It was pretty common to be fearful, to be afraid, not knowing who and what this is. And Jesus is probably kind of softening those fears because he's not just a ghost. He is the real Jesus. And as we see in this passage, he, he reaches out to their unbelief, their confusion, and tries to fill it in with truth and revelation. He says, give me some fish. I'll eat it and show you that I am the same Jesus in the same body that was crucified on the cross, now standing before you, conquering death. All of that is very true. If you read a little further, he even goes on to talk about how his coming and his death and his resurrection were in fulfillment of all of the Old Testament scriptures of what God was going to do down through history in the Old Testament. But there is so much to this little phrase, peace be unto you. 
As you think about the disciples, and you notice where they're at, they're, they're kind of cowering away, they're hidden, they're, they're, they're afraid, they don't know if there are people out looking for them to capture them as being followers of Jesus. They're totally disorganized. They haven't stood up to the, the claims of standing with Jesus and being willing to die with Him. They have shrunk away. They ran when Jesus appears before them, he says, peace be unto you. We do notice that Jesus didn't come with correction in his voice. He didn't come to call them out on their unfaithfulness. He didn't come to condemn them for deserting him when he went into his darkest hour and all of his disciples were gone. As we think about that, It's the same situation for you and I. When Jesus rose from the dead and the grace of the gospel, the grace of the good news, the love of God and the forgiveness of God flows to us through Jesus Christ, it comes with the promise of peace and blessing and hope. Even though Jesus knows your failure, Jesus knows my failure. He knows my rebellion and my sinfulness. He knows your rebellion and your sinfulness. And yet this day, this day when he rose from the dead, he came to save sinners like me. Sinners like you. And this is a profound statement. Peace be unto you. Why is the day of resurrection so profound, so much of a celebration? Because it is God doing all that He can to call us back to Himself, to remove every barrier that keeps us from Him and offers us shalom. As I think about this, peace be unto you. I also think that we celebrate Easter We celebrate the resurrection. Because in the resurrection of Jesus, God profoundly proclaimed the truth that Jesus conquered death. Jesus brought into this world of brokenness and sin and and rebellion and self-centeredness and all the things that I see coming out of me too many times. He sent His Son into this world to reverse it. To change it. To make love and and grace and truth and righteousness and joy fill the lives of His people when we had walked away from God and went towards death. And in the resurrection of Jesus, we see the reversal of the end of all of us. All of us one day will die. But Jesus said, if you believe in me, even though you die, you will live. In the resurrection of Jesus, we celebrate what he has done and what he accomplished and what God has done and demonstrated in Christ in defeating death because there is life for all who will believe in him and trust in him and follow him. The significance of the resurrection is is total because it covers our whole existence. 
Our reality is defined by who Jesus is and what he's accomplished. And nothing is more important than that event. So as I think about this passage, I wanted to jump also over to a statement made in Matthew chapter 28. Luke is a gospel that's written, uh, you got Luke is one volume, Acts is another volume by the same writer, the writer Luke. And as Luke finishes the account of Jesus in the Gospels, if you read down a little farther from where we were in chapter 24, Luke begins to talk about when the Holy Spirit comes. When God will pour out the Spirit and that will be the reality of Jesus' presence in our life. And then he writes the book of Acts, which is the demonstration of the reality and the truth and the power of the resurrection. Because the book of Acts is built on the proclamation that this Jesus, this Messiah, has come into this world, died on the cross, and rose again. And because of that, we have life. But in Matthew, Matthew just wrote one book. So he didn't have the privilege of writing uh, a second volume. So Matthew says a statement that Jesus said at the end of his life, which is demonstrated, borne out by the, the, the writer Luke in the Acts of the Apostles, when Jesus says in Matthew 28, verse 18, he talks about the reason, the significance the why of the power of the resurrection. Jesus came to them and said in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. As I say, the context of the event helps us understand the significance of the event. The context of the coming of Jesus, his death on the cross, and his resurrection is the context of all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me because I am God's son. Because I have come as the one and only deliverer. So therefore, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Why do we celebrate the resurrection? Because it is the validation, the vindication of the one and only true Son of God who came to do the work of delivery and forgiveness of sin and, and, and peace and salvation to restore creation, to bring heaven down to earth and to bring us into heaven by His sin-bearing on the cross and His victory in the tomb. As we think about who Jesus is and what he's accomplished, this invitation is for all to become disciples of his. Become disciples of his. Because he is the center, central, most important person 
in the history of mankind who has accomplished the most important thing, the restoration of the people of God by his sacrifice and his life. And it's open to all who will believe. All who will receive. So as we celebrate this Easter, as we celebrate Jesus and all that he's accomplished, my call to you is come to him. Trust in him. Receive the peace that he offers. The shalom that he gives. Because in him is the light of life. And the darkness of this world will be vanquished. The light of grace and good news is found in him. And if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple, we must hear those last words in verse 20, teaching them, teaching the disciples, teaching you and me, if we're disciples, to obey everything I have commanded. Therefore, the teachings of Jesus, the life of Jesus, must be at the center of who we are. Always be the center. We must always long to be living out the gospel and the good news of Jesus. We celebrate the life, the peace that has been offered to us. If you have never trusted in Christ, today would be the day to do it. Peace be unto you if you will come and give your life to Jesus. This can be a day of great celebration. It is a day of great celebration. Because the fact of the resurrection of Jesus is established, is true, and is right. And so we should be filled with joy and hope. Let's pray. Lord... We thank you that you are a God who pursues us. That you love us in the midst of our brokenness. And that you bring about life and transformation through Jesus. And that in the resurrection of Jesus we see a demonstration of the new life that we receive. We know that power, the power of sin has been broken. The power of death has been conquered. And Lord, in Jesus... We have victory. So our prayer is that many will come to be disciples of Jesus. And our prayer is that we as disciples of Jesus will obey all that he commands. That we will be a reflection, a light to the truth that Jesus is the one and only Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.